it's going to be a wild ride. So buckle yourselves in. Welcome to Stramash, the Scottish NFL podcast. This is episode 212 as we look back at an eventful week 12. Some enjoyed it more than others. We'll get into that. Joining us as ever, Paul Mitchell. I say as ever, you're here sometimes, Paul, but mostly I, here. Paul who, who was here last week? Thank you very much indeed. Uh, we flexed you back in after your rest week. And of course, flexing is the in thing in the NFL. It looks like Green Bay are going to flex out their quarterback and there's some TV changes coming as well. Also joining us, Gordon McGuinness, Ian Stephen. Mixed emotions on the podcast. Two of us riding high on a wave of glory. Two of us less so. But we'll get into that. Uh, week 12, what was for you and what wasn't it? I, I have discovered... Uh, the most predictive way to know that the Ravens are going to lose a game, uh, and it has altered one of my friends' friendships. So what, they, friend, they start it. Is that I, is that it? I have a friend, Chris, who, like yourself, is a New Orleans Saints fan. Unlike yourself, he's rational, so he doesn't hate <laughs> But I digress. Uh, I have watched in my time four Ravens games with Chris. One was the London game against the Jaguars. Got destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> One was the week 17 game against the Bengals a few years ago where Andy Dalton scored on fourth and 18 or whatever it was to Tyler Boyd to put them out of the playoffs. Uh, the third was the Ravens against the Chargers at home in the playoffs. And the fourth was Sunday there. So we now, that's it. I'm no longer watching Ravens games with him. He also, <laughs> believe it or not, he has been to one Ravens game in his life. It was Saints at Ravens the game where Justin Tucker missed an extra point to tie it at the end. That everything ties into an absolute cursing of that. The other thing, though, is I left the pub when we were watching the Chargers-Ravens game in the playoffs, and the Ravens were down by, like, two, three touchdowns at that point. I got home and watched the rest, and the Ravens almost came back. Like, everything ties into this guy being an absolute curse. This makes, actually, for a very good off-season podcast, because I bet you everybody that listens to this has some kind of trope, some kind of um, r- routine, ritual, whatever that they will do uh, when their team's playing. Because I, I I do in every sport that I watch. I'm My 49ers won. I tend just not to watch the games and back against them. It's I'd always back against them. Um, and that's been the way that I've played that and will continue to play it. It just... Has to be. It doesn't always work out, but I still feel as soon as I start backing them, they're going to lose every time. So I always back against. Anyway, one for the offseason. Week 12, we'll not gloss over that loss to the Jags. That's pretty stinking, right? That was... uh, What's the problem there, like, in Baltimore? Was it bad play calls? Was it just that things weren't clicking? What do you think was the the issue? They, They dropped three touchdowns, which, generally speaking, doesn't help much. Mm. You, drop, you drop three touchdowns. That's fair. Like, that, like, if you look at Lamar Jackson's numbers in that game, he was like 16-32 through for a touchdown. Like, it doesn't seem that impressive. He had three touchdowns that were dropped, and one of them was by Mark Andrews. Um, and then defensively at the end of the game, sometimes, like, just to be, I don't know, agnostic, is that the right word for it? I don't know. But, like, the other team are playing as well. And Trevor Lawrence late in that game 
played very well. Also, also by the NFL rules, that's a catch to Marvin Jones. But looking at some of the things that were catches and some of the things that weren't this week, the CD Lamb toe down, but then the heel comes down out of bounds. That's not a catch. But Marvin Jones gets one foot and then the same shin down inbounds before the rest of the shin comes down out of bounds. Part of the same shin, not even the whole shin. Yeah. Just part and, of the shin. And, and and that like by the by the rules, that's a catch. But like can we maybe look at that rule in the offseason that if that's a catch, CD Lambs on Thanksgiving was definitely a catch. I think it's fair. Does the defense worry you? No. The so the the big problem for the Ravens, and this is the same thing that's hurt them the last couple of years. And they're they're injured to the point that it probably is a concern that you have to look about your at your like health and strength staff. But Marlon Humphrey is fine at slot cornerback. But the reason why you don't want him at slot cornerback is he's a very good outside corner. The Ravens signed Kyle Fuller at the start of the season. He got injured in preseason out for the entire year. They then put Kyle Hamilton, who was their first round pick safety, at slot cornerback the last few weeks. And he was brilliant. He was like deleting receivers and tight ends in games, huge wingspan, all that stuff. And then he got hurt last week and missed this past week. So all of a sudden, Humphrey was kicked back inside. And the end of that game, they just picked on Brandon Stevens, who's bad, not a good football player, and Marcus Peters, who's passed it at this point. He'll he'll make a couple of plays, but he's not that good. They, they're just they're too weak outside cornerback just now for that. The end of that game. Was it the biggest upset of the week? Uh, Can we think of anything? Is was there anything bigger? Probably. It's now Wednesday, um, so I don't know if I can remember. What <laughs> well, let's just recap. Were. Let's just recap. We obviously had the Bills just edging past the Lions to kick things off on Thanksgiving. We had the Cowboys get past the Giants in a match that was probably a bit closer than some people would thought. Um, the Vikings beat the Patriots. The Dolphins steamrolled the Texans, took all their first team out. The Texans came back a little bit, made it a little bit interesting. The Bengals beat the Titans in a close match. The Panthers beat the Broncos because Russell Wilson shite. The, we had the second coming of Mike White, um, obviously the greatest quarterback in the Jets locker room for another week until he comes out and we see the real him in a couple of weeks. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. The Commanders beat the Falcons in an edgy one. The Browns beat the Buccaneers in overtime. Perhaps a bit of an upset there. The Raiders beat the Seahawks. I think probably an upset there as well, given how bad the Raiders have been. The Chargers just edged past the Cardinals. The Niners shut out the Saints. The Chiefs eased past the Rams. The Eagles won me a burger by beating the Packers. And the Steelers proved that Jeff Saturday is just Nathaniel Hackett with a few more wins under his belt early doors. Yeah, if you if you if you want a surprise, uh, I'm surprised the Broncos haven't fired Hackett. Let's be honest. You, you have got to look at that and say, what is he going to do to turn that around? So Sam Darnold, ten months out, comes back, and I don't think the Panthers were ever in trouble against the Broncos. The, I mean, news, the, Broncos... the news this week, though, seems to be that, or certainly what's being floated, is that the players don't mind Hackett so much, but they don't like Russell Wilson. Well, yeah, what was what was impressive as well, the Broncos defenders were having were having a paddy power to Wilson's offensive line to keep playing because you you always kind of see it in that scenario that it's it's the offensive line that downs tools when the quarterback starts to create and having having a defensive lineman walk out, walk off and shout and 
Russell Wilson's face while the game was going on. And he he basically had a Michael Scott reaction from the office. He just kind of went, didn't know where to look. But I mean, that is that is as dysfunctional as you're going to get. Yeah, but look at it realistically. And we all know how these things work. It's very rarely the quarterback that gets sacked. So, you know, you're either going to have to move Russell Wilson on and find a gullible team that's going to take his deal, or you sack your head coach. That's the only two options here. The other thing is, though, that they, they signed him to an extension. So they actually they can't. They can't really get rid of him. The dead money yeah. they take on is insane. Yeah. They, they didn't have to sign him to an extension when they made that trade, which was correct. pretty stupid, all things considered. So... So, so therefore, Hackett's a dead man walking. So, why don't you pull the switch now and see if you can salvage anything at all? Which I, you know, I don't think so. I mean, we're starting to see all the bad takes. Yeah, Rogers will go to the Broncos, and the Broncos will ship uh, Hackett and Wilson to the, you know, to the Green Bay Packers and all this sort of stuff. But no, I mean, Hackett's out of job. I can't see they've got to do something. I think, um, I think just looking at the standings. Um, the FC East is what jumps out the most to me at the moment because before the season, everyone had the Bills as a lock to, to win not, not just the FC East, but the FC in itself. And the fact that you've got the Dolphins on the back of such a dominant performance against the Texans, having the tiebreaker over the Bills and then leading the FC East. I mean, the Dolphins have to be as happy as William Hill has been the best trade in the NFL this season. And he's he's going to go down in the list of like top 10 all-time trades. He's just been phenomenal. He's completely and utterly revitalised them. Two has been a, an absolute um, standout at his position, which is not something I think a lot of people would have forecast um, before the season. I think a lot of people were ready to put him in a a, a, a kind of bus category, but his new coach comes in. He, he, he was he was happy with him. Some people thought it was a bet, but 365 days a year of hard work and two is the leading quarterback, arguably, in the NFL at the moment. Maybe with Geno Smith just pushing at his heels. And that's not two names, I think, we would have heard at the start of the season. So it's it, I think the Dolphins, for me at the moment, are really, really standing out as a fantastic story. I, th- I think it definitely is. It's interesting for me how many divisions still feel at this stage, having completed 12 weeks of the regular season, how many of the divisions are still really wide open? And there's teams... So the AFC East, any single team there could win. Like, fine, you could probably discount... You naturally want to discount the Jets and the Patriots. The Jets are only one game back. The Patriots are only two. Like, fine, fine. I still would absolutely discount the two. Yeah, I do. I do. I feel like I want to do the same as well. But to be this competitive, wild. Um, the AFC West, I think you're between two teams there. Obviously, I mean, it's going to be the Chiefs. I'll be very surprised. Chargers could still make the postseason. AFC North, uh, Deshaun Watson coming back. Obviously, if the Browns manage to find a bit of form, maybe they make a run. If they win out the rest of the season, do they put pressure on the Bengals and the Ravens? The AFC South, I feel like the Titans are heading there, no bother at all. All it takes is a Derek Henry slight injury. Those wheels will come off. The Colts and the Jaguars, can they muster enough wins? It's not done yet. You go into the NFC side of things, the NFC East is fascinating. And again, fine, the Eagles are dominating that one. But really, you know, you could have the situation where all these teams end up on a 
plus 500. Um, the NFC West feels a bit crappy. Let's be honest, the Rams have totally come off. The NFC North obviously feels a bit crap. And the NFC South is is good because it's so crap across the board. You know, it's it's interesting because all these teams suck. And somehow the Saints, bottom of the, the division, are only one win off the top. It's amazing, it's amazing how it's going to work in the, the draft as well because some of the teams that have sucked have, have given up draft capital for next season, but some of the teams haven't. You've got four teams in the top 10. They've got multiple picks in the NFL draft, kings of the offseason in terms of flexibility. So that it's not even a case of... Uh, I'm sorry, Paul, yours is one of the, the teams that, that, that have done it. It's not even a case of you, you tank and you can get a high draft pick. For some teams tank and then you're just stuck in limbo anyway while you've got the Texans greedily rubbing their hands as getting as many top five picks as they possibly can Yeah, I mean there's some bad teams around at the moment, I don't think there's any doubt about that and I'll come back to talk about the sort of flexing out of games but the Rams went into their game on Sunday with less than a 1% chance of making the playoffs, according to, to statistics. And, of course, they lost again. The, their season has just fallen apart. Injuries have stacked up, and Aaron Donald's now out for the game at this weekend. Um, who knows if Stafford will even come back? Do they even risk them? Do they, the season that bust? Do they just park players and go, right, let's take this, let's focus on next season, let's get everyone healthy? Don't think we'll see Cooper Cup again this year. Why risk him? Why would you risk a, your best asset on in the receiving core? Um, see, I, I get that, Cameron. But what pisses me off then slightly, if you if you're a season ticket holder, you know you want to see the best players. You don't yeah. want to see teams just giving up. And, th- and this is where it, it it can get very very difficult. I'm like you. I'm not convinced Stafford will come back at all. And I can understand from a team perspective why you might want to do that. But people pay a heck of a lot of money. You know, to, to see their teams, uh, we see this sometimes. Probably more in the NBA when they've got a horrible habit of resting players in certain road games, which gets irritating. If you know that player's only supposed to be in that team's supposed to be in that city once in that particular year, so it does get a little bit annoying. But teams earn the right to do these things. I think a couple of interesting little storylines out of uh, out of last week. It's not often that a team wins at an away ground twice in five days, which the Bills managed to do. I thought that was quite nice. Um, I think kudos to the Browns and to Jacoby Brissett, knowing that he's going to be out of job very soon. You know, I thought he was really, really gutsy. Um, You know, I I thought he was great. The Bengals beating the Titans. I think the Titans are just showing they're simply, they're they're too Derek Henry reliant. And they're just, they don't have enough around them. And teams can concentrate, stack the box, et cetera, et cetera, to really cause problems there. And I think you mentioned it at the start. Yes, Mike White comes out and wins for the Jets. Who wouldn't want to play a Mike White Jets? I mean, you just know what he's going to do. They're the best. They're the best franchise in the NFL for getting totally overexcited about a six-round draft pick that comes in and plays well for like one game. If there's ever going to be a team where the the media just goes absolutely ape poop about overhyping. This guy is clearly overmatched. It's got to be the the New York Jets. They just excel at that. They do indeed. Um, right. Let's turn to the. Oh, sorry. Gordon, I was just going to say that the the thing you want is. If you are any quarterback in the NFL, you should want to be playing the Chicago Bears. That that's why, like, this was such a tough thing for Zach Wilson to miss this game, miss that game, because that was the get right game for him. Like, 
Zach Wilson probably throws two touchdowns in that game because the the Bears' pass defense is historically bad. Aaron Rodgers is going to go out there with half a rib and throw five <laughs> touchdowns against him this Sunday. <laughs> I think the Mike, the Mike White thing coming in the Zach Wilson thing is very, very interesting. I caught some of the, the build-up to the games and Kurt Warner, Michael Irvin, etc. in their players' corner basically eviscerated uh, Wilson for for his answers. And Kurt Warner said, you know, if, if you want to bang on about unwritten rules, as a quarterback, your team win, you give the credit, you know, to the offensive line and, you know, the defence the team lose its own you. You know, you just simply cannot behave as, as Zach Wilson has behaved. And and the speculation is can he can he get them can he get his teammates back? Is is he already done terminal damage in New York? And, and Gordon, I think your point's a valid one. You would have wanted to play the Bears the way they defend and you know White comes in and shows that he can do that. That just adds to Wilson's troubles. Yeah, I think so. I think the the other thing I was going to touch on to the Rams thing is that kind of doesn't really matter that it's all gone bad for them this year. Like, you know, they they went up to the table, they put it all on zero and watched it spin. And, you know, that only hits zero once every twenty five times, whatever it is. What kind of roulette table are you playing on? What's the what's the what's the thing you put on a roulette table? Did green Green zero, whatever it is. Yes. Okay. What? How often does that happen? Just making stuff up. <laughs> I'm making stuff up. That's what it is. A roulette table has like the one that's and roulette. You've got a ship that goes round, and you land a community box. Are you like? Are you like to pass go? That's the try act like a hardened gambler. Yeah, I've been in roulette tables all my life. <laughs> No, I mean I've been at a roulette table maybe four times in my life. I'm pretty certain there's like a there's like a zero number that's not. Yeah, there's red a zero, there's a double you're, zero, but yeah, you're, okay, you're good. right. There is. Good. So yeah. the one that's not red or black, right? It's unlikely that hits. That was the Rams. You've ruined my analogy now. There's two that's that, not red or black. There's a zero and a double zero. Okay, fine. They tried to hit zero or double zero, whichever Did one. Do you play you cards, Gordon? Because I would really like to play against you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, doesn't yeah. really matter. They, so, they, hit, they hit last year. Doesn't really matter. They've had thirty-five injuries this year. Doesn't matter at all because they won the Super Bowl last year. This, this is what the, it shouldn't have worked out. It did because they managed to avoid any injuries whatsoever. I was talking the other week about how people are starting to think about how the Rams are maybe this secret thing that you need to look into how they avoid injuries. And then in the space of three weeks, everyone's got hurt. So maybe it's yeah. you maybe you're the reason for injuries because you follow the Ravens their injuries have been terrible then you talked about the Rams and then you've just afflicted pestilence upon them maybe you are one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse maybe we actually are the four, the four of us <laughs> oh god yeah. what a, I, I, I think what to, to, be the four, to be the four horsemen <laughs> of the apocalypse were a fairly sorry bunch <laughs> Um, I, that, that would have to be said. I'm not sure any of us can actually ride a horse either. And, um, I, mean, I think that's it. That's a subject Paul, for another podcast. Paul, Paul's, uh, I don't know, whatever the thing behind his uh, four horsemen ability is the fact that he hates every commentator known to man and just tweets <laughs> tweets petty annoyance during the World Cup. Conquest. <laughs> he's conquest of the four horsemen, clearly. Because he's conquested the broadcasting booth and he won't let anyone else in. If you're, if, no, if, if you're, the, the if, quote. I'm so. I'm sorry. And the quote was from the unnamed pundit 
something is about to happen here. I mean, that's the level of insight we've come to at our World Cup coverage. But let's move back onto the NFL, please, Chairman. Yes. So just before we do, I'm going to talk about the Mike White thing because I've been trying to figure out the stats because obviously he came onto the scene last year, came in uh, during an injury uh, for a defeat to the Patriots, didn't particularly do anything, started on Halloween last year, and the Jets beat the Bengals, who of course went on to the Super Bowl. They won 34-31. He played particularly well through three touchdowns, had a passer rating of 107.9, 404 total yards. Everyone was like, oh my God, Mike White! The next week, the Jets lost uh, 45-30 to the Colts. White didn't do so well. He threw for 95 total yards, but he did have a rating of 121.4. So they're like, well, let's give him on a game. And then they played the Buffalo Bills. They lost 45-17, and he had a rating of 33.4. So, you know, Mike White wasn't the answer. I feel like this is deja vu. I feel like this is the same thing. We're in the same hype with Mike White. But let's start there because we're going to move on to the awards. And Mike White got a couple of nominations. Ian Brown, Chris McKay. Chris McKay says, a breath of fresh air for the Jets. Throwing three touchdowns in his first start mm, this season, um, which is the same as Wilson threw in his last six games combined. Yes, it was just the Bears, but the Jets have some favourable matchups still to come, which could give him a platform to finish the season strong. There's other nominations. I'm going to get the, the Josh Jacobs one in early because there's so many other people then reference it. Obviously, you know, uh, Stephen Braxton, 229 yards of rushing and 74 yards receiving, including the 86 walk-off touchdown to keep his team's playoff hopes barely alive. Give the man the rock for the rest get, of sir, the to games. Keep, to keep his team's what? Playoff hopes. Okay. I'm not going to tell Stephen he's wrong. Okay. Mathematically, he's correct. The Raiders' schedule is very soft over the next few weeks. So, I mean, conceivably, actually, it's not as, it's not as daft as it sounds, especially if the Broncos are going to, you know, continue to stink up the room. Conceivably, I, for the Raiders to make the playoffs would be the immaculate conception. Yeah, <laughs> but they'll, they'll, they'll try for it. Why not? They'll try for it. I thought so, Seattle stunk in that game, by the way, but that's just me. They did. I think they get a nomination when we get to the other side of this. Yeah. Um, Jacobs gets a number of nominations from people. He gets by far the most. Who else, though, gets uh, in on the action? Johnny Bailey gives his nomination to Paul's Jacksonville Jaguars. Well-deserved belters this week. 10 plays, 75 yards, with no timeouts for a touchdown. Then Doug Peterson has ball... Balls of steel to go for two, succeed and beat the Ravens. I'll leave it there. As we all know, Gordon is a big fan of the Steelers. Josh Jacobs, also unbelievable performance for the Raiders. So almost everybody mentions Josh Jacobs as well in their thing. But there you go. Robert Sala gets one from Darren Barry. Uh, made the right call to bench Wilson after last week's PR disaster. Could have gone soft and brought Flacco in, but made another gutsy call and brought White in. Picked up a big win and the Jets roll on. Cameron, yes. did Gordon really just compare the Las Vegas Raiders to the birth of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ? I made a pun about the word conceive, so Paul okay. said it was conceivable. Because the joke doesn't work, now. I've had to explain it. Cameron. No, I, I'm, just, I'm just stunned that anybody's ever decided to put the, the Las Vegas Raiders uh, into uh, the, the, the 
birth of the Messiah. It must be the first time this ever happened. I bet so, you a lot of people who've been to Las Vegas claim they've seen the Messiah. But I would think so. And I'd given it's the first week of Advent, which is traditionally the week of hope. Uh, we, we say the Raiders have got some hope. Yeah, right, that's, the, that's the ecumenical section of the programme out the way. Yep. Uh, Kerry Law gives his to Trevor Lawrence. Could have been Mike White or Josh Jacobs, however. Trevor Lawrence going 29 for 37 for 321, including a fantastic last drive and clutch two-point play nudged him to the top of the mountain for me. Great performance. So it's so uh, amazing how last week you had all these Twitter experts saying he was a bust. <laughs> and now, oh, what a great comeback. What a great quarterback. <laughs> I always knew he was going to be good. Mate, a week is a long time. Yeah, you, on social media. Yeah, it's it's not Snapchat. Your posts don't disappear after like an hour. They remain there for perpetuity. We can search and find the fact that you just I'm not saying you I'm saying you. It sounds like I'm directing at the podcast. I'm not. I'm directing at um people from less substantial substantial um podcasts uh, and or just self-takes. So you only get quality analysis on this podcast, and we've always been behind Trevor Lawrence and Mike White. Absolutely. Um, Jacob Brissett of the Browns signing gets on from Mark McCune, signing off with a career game before Watson takes over. I hope he gets a second chance at the Browns as starting quarterback, as it will mean that Watson has failed. Uh, Doug Peterson gets a couple of nominations. Obviously, great performance there. Um Phil Spears says, I know that Brandon Staley also went for the two-point conversion to win the game this weekend, but I just loved how Pedersen read the game script down to uh, team, sorry, read the game script team down 27-20, two minutes left. He already knew he was going for two points. Jags were moving the ball easily down the field as Ravens decided not to cover open players towards the end of the game. Love that attitude. Think he deserves a lot of credit for the change in how the Jags have played of recent Lawrence is also starting to be much more methodical and consistent as a QB. Ryan Robinson gets one from Cameron Christie. He says it's obviously Jacobs, but a first up 100-yard game and a touchdown and the game ball for a guy who was shot in the leg a few months ago is pretty damn good. That giant hat would have been enough for a nomination alone. Medical treatment would have been better than a game ball, but let's go on. (laughs) Also, yes, those the giant hat... um, Something I thought was resplendent. I think that it's something that we should embrace. I'm all for giant hats going forward. Is there if anyone wants like, to treat us to one, did you look into? Did you look into the merchandising of it or the what the cost is in the states? The the cost in the states is approximately I think it's seventy dollars a hat. Um, so it's not cheap, but there are big. It's a lot of material. What, what is like, it? What's it converted into Wembley prices? Uh, 377 quid. The import charge will be wild. Yeah, it's a copycat league, but we do not suggest that you go around shooting your running backs in the leg just to ensure better performance later in the season. We should stress that. Absolutely. Derek Henry gets a nomination from Grant Affleck for thinking outside the box and doing it differently. New boy here, and that's it, really. Fair enough. Yeah. Um... Jalen Hurts gets a couple. Tony Brewerton says, so Josh Jacobs may have wrapped it up this week, but if Jalen Hurts doesn't make team of the week, then there'll be words with whoever's on the pod. Special mentions for Doug Peterson and his massive balls. Right, I'm, not, I'm, not put, like, I'm not putting Jalen Hurts in as uh, the, 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 uh, the... What's this award again? 
quarterback, team of the week. Of the yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not putting uh, Jalen Hurts in as team of the week, uh, so you can have a conversation with me, Tony. So, <laughs> how are you going? How are you going to argue another Eagles fan? <laughs> Uh, last one that I'll read out Ross Taylor just gives it to Thanksgiving Day thought it was a really good set of games and it also helped that we had turkey hmm. I think it's a good combination so who I've gets got, a belter this week I've got a question Cameron yeah um, if we are to be the four horsemen of the apocalypse could I have a Clydesdale please because I think a normal horse wouldn't work that's uh, fine and can we have a Shetland for Gordon I I would have probably put Paul on the Shetland because uh, Paul's probably the lightest as well as the shortest of us. So nimble was the word you were looking for, Cameron. Um, yes, listen, I've seen I've seen uh, Paul playing uh, rugby, and he is actually quite fast. So I'm, I would never slag him about his speed and agility. No, g- genuinely, I'm not not taking the Mickey out of me. He might actually be the fittest commentator in Scottish football for his for his age, and he's not that old. I'm sure there's a compliment in there somewhere. Yeah, was <laughs> there was, and it got whipped away. Lovely. Oh, yeah. Paul, delivered Paul, and taken versus, away beautifully. Paul, you versus Brian McLaughlin and a 40-yard dash, you're going to absolutely thrash him. I, I, I'm, I'm saying nothing. I will say uh, that I would say that Jalen Hurts should be our quarterback for Team of the Week, but... I mean, the player of the week is obviously Josh Jacobs. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, I just wondered where on earth the Seattle backfield went, you know, because they just seem to, you know, disappear. Um, but, you know, you've, you've got to beat what's in front of you or what, what's not in front of you. Uh, definitely player of the week. Jalen Hurts, 125 pass yards, 125 rushing yards. Well, 125 passing alone. yards, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah. To me, he's, he's the quarterback of the week. That's that's for sure. I, I do not think the belter of the week this week is an individual player. And I would like to congratulate our listeners on acknowledging what individuals like Paul refuse to do. Uh, they're normally so quick to complain about going for it on fourth down, going for it in two-point conversions. We've got the receipts from the NFL Scotland WhatsApp group all the last year. Oh, this isn't the right time to go for it. Paul admittedly, to his credit, this week, uh, did think did think the Jaguars were right to go for it when they were. Charles without Patterson, doubt. Charles Patterson, without who once doubt. again isn't here because the Packers lost this week, uh, was notably absent from the discussion all I the know, time. I know, all- I know where Charles is this week. <laughs> Hiding for something. Um, do, do you want to know? Yeah, go on then. The following part of the podcast has been edited for legal reasons. You trade them in the black market, so you'd make money. Literally none of that is stuff the camera could leave in the podcast. <laughs> Join us again next week when you and Stephen make scurlious accusations against Cameron Hobbs in some mysterious trip to oh, the Far East. Right, so how about, how, about, how about I start that section again? I'm looking forward to see what you're going to point out here, Gordon. I'm just going to leave really that blank as well and be like, yeah, like, oh, God. 
Final fight. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't even the pissed cast. I know. Jesus Christ. That's the, great. Ridiculous, that's the most ridiculous segment we've had. Yeah. <laughs> so, who is our belter of the week? It's Josh Jacobs, right? It is, without doubt. I mean, Gordon makes a fair point, but it is. It's definitely Josh Jacobs. Also saves us having to talk about running backs when we decide who the running back of the week is. So, Fine. Yes. Let's raise a glass and toast Josh Jacobs because you are the Loch Lomond Belter of the week. On to Bobax. My lord, that was loud. <laughs> I quite liked that. That <laughs> <laughs> was really loud in my ear. Right, um... That it's actually it's Bowfin, not Bob Ags, by the way, Cameron. <laughs> oh, sure. Bowfin. God, what a farce this one is. Um, uh, that was the actual, the same uh, sound effect that you get in the uh, Disney film uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, when the Seven Dwarfs are actually mining for diamonds in that mine. <laughs> and they're picking them. Uh, <laughs> I can't see It's the exact same sound effect. I had no idea Dopey was Venezuelan. I just didn't know. <laughs> On to Bowfin. And the interesting thing this week is we've had no two nominations that are the same. So we have, I'm just going to read out the long list of people because you'll know yourself, right? Andy Dartlin gets one for the throw that didn't make the few yards to the open wide receiver. The Bottlemore Ravens and... Oh, that's a that's good. I like that. That's clever. <laughs> the Bottlemore yeah. Ravens, that's good. And the John Hardball bag uh, gets one from Patrick Watson. Um, Broncos offense gets one from Ian Brown Dan Schneider gets one from Cameron Christie For that statute The Houston Texans get one from Ross Taylor Jeff Saturday gets one from Peter Coyne Joe Barry gets one from Kenny Law Cliff Kingsbury gets one from David Drybrock Kyler Murray gets one I'll stop reading now who's given these Odell Beckham Jr. gets one Paul's ex-New Orleans Saints gets one The Bills defense The Falcons The Ravens Sorry, no, the Rams Trevor Simeon and Matt Eberflus, the Washington Commander's front office, all nominated for Bowfin Awards this week. I, I am very excited by that because Matt Eberflus is another name in the NFL that Cameron can't pronounce. We should, have, we should have a nice little jingle that plays every time Cameron mispronounces a name that you edit in afterwards. I don't know, Stephen, you can probably... Stephen, not Ian, Stephen. You've just done it yourself. It all the time. All the can time. we get a special jingle for him misappropriate my name? Stephen. I've done this before, though. I've been messaging on WhatsApp, and I'm like, Steve, and then I don't know why. I don't know why my head immediately goes to Stephen for that. Anyway, Ian, you can probably come up with a good jingle I've ruined the whole thing. Just yeah. forget it. Forget it. Can, can you fucked it. Both an award thing. this week, this guy. There is one thing we need to clear up from a couple of podcasts ago, uh, Cameron, um, and that uh, Peter Coyne did not have a nickname at school. We asked him and he came back and he said he, he didn't. So if people want to enter a competition um, and if anybody can think of a nickname for Peter Coyne, uh, we'll see if we can give away a prize. We've got some prizes. Keep them clean, keep them nice, but we'll think of a nice nickname for Peter Coyne. There you go. Yeah, he did say he didn't have one. So Peter, we'll, we'll see if we can sort you out. Um, who's your bowfin this week? Well, Peter, whoever Peter Coyne said, because we've mentioned Peter Coyne, so it's, it's Peter uh, Coyne again. It's, uh, I think it's Jeff Saturday. Yeah, I think that's who, that's who Peter Coyne said. There you go. <laughs> Jackpot, which also could be his nickname. Um, if you go... 
Oh man, well played. I don't know if that was intentional, but you played that very well. That's that's probably some of the best content you've produced on this podcast. So the Jeff Saturday thing though is like you can go back a couple of weeks and like all his old tweets are turning up now. So he's got an old tweet that's like coming up next on I don't know, NFL now or whatever it was. We're talking about time management, uh get your clock management, dot 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 again. And then at the end of that game, you seemingly didn't know that you could spend timeouts. <laughs> see, see when I said earlier on there was people coming back with takes on Twitter from like the week before or whatever, I wasn't actually meaning Jeff Saturday, but it just sounds even more delicious now that Gordon's added that context to it. I'm now going to go and delete all my Twitter uh, posts. Right. <laughs> Are we giving it to Jeff Saturday? Uh, anything that you want to add? Paul, we've not yet talked about your Saints team your Saints offensive team, because I thought the defence was actually really good. Yeah, well, uh, the, the offence, I think if they'd been escorted off the plane for showing lack of any life and constantly falling asleep, it would have been a better job than actually turning up in San Francisco. So uh, it was fairly horrendous. Defence was great, but yeah, I mean, it's it's poor. I mean, Kamara, two fumbles, that didn't help. Dalton leading Russia, 21 yards. It was ugly. Credit, though, to your 49ers. Four wins on the bounce. No second-half points against for the fourth consecutive game. That's impressive. It really is impressive. Um, and I think we talked about this. That's the first. So the Saints had the longest active streak of not being shut out in the NFL. Um, last time yeah, was two, in January 2002. Yeah. 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 Um, and, of course, by your Giants. By, you know. by my Giants? Your Giants, sorry, baseball, uh, by your 49ers as well. I mean, you're, to be fair, your Giants would have shut us out as well. <laughs> they are that bad. It, it, it was fairly horrible. I mean, it, it, there's, you know, do, do you fire Dennis Allen? Do you not? Do you fire Pete Carmichael? Do you not? Is it the fault of not playing Jameis Winston and playing Andy Dalton? You know, there's just there's so much of that going on in your Orleans at the moment. I think it'll be very interesting. The next few weeks will be interesting. Because as you alluded to, they're still with a chance of winning the division, I, which I think I is, a, is a horrible thing. I don't think Andy Dalton's played that badly. As much as we joke about the Jameis Winston stuff, he's he's actually been all right. I don't think he's at fault, Gordon. I don't. I mean, okay, there's yeah, there's some bad throws, but you're going to get that from Andy Dalton. You know that's who Andy Dalton is. You're going to get some bad throws and interceptions from Jameis Winston as well. I mean, some of the play calling, certainly in the red zone, was highly unimaginative. Um, and, and that's what fans are complaining about. It's, it's just not a good look. Just to come back to OBJ... I mean, given the fact he was escorted off a plane because he was unresponsive and they wouldn't put on his seatbelt, I mean, what we would have classed previously as a ball bag, teams are still looking to sign this guy. See, the one thing I will say, and it hasn't come up, he might be somebody that's not a very good flyer and he may have taken some sort of medication before getting on the flight to make sure that he slept for the flight because he's nervous of it. And if he'd taken some medication, it might, um, allude or it might um, hint towards why he was unresponsive and he was under a blanket trying to sleep effectively. That is one explanation. I mean, there's a, a variety of others that it could be, just so we're not completely unfair to him. Um, uh, but there is also a dead tank. He's duty free before he got on the plane. <laughs> also, also in an NFL whereby we're giving out guaranteed contracts the people that potentially shouldn't have got guaranteed contracts. I don't think it's a surprise that a guy who, like, worst case scenario here, 
was drunk on a flight, if that's the if that's the case, you know, like wouldn't put on his seatbelt ever. In the grand scheme of things, of things that NFL players have done, that's pretty tame. It is, but when you're out of work and looking for a team, it's a horrendous look. Yeah, but you've got four or five teams that are desperate for your services. He's fine. Yes, indeed. Uh, I, what I'm surprised at is that there has not been any... But he filmed what went on on the plane. Everything's filmed by people on planes. I see lots of boring crap that isn't worth watching. Why did no one record it anyway, right? It's because he was under the blanket. Nobody knew who it was. <laughs> fine, fine. They thought, was, they thought it was one of Michael Jackson's children. Fine. Jeff Saturday, bye for the award. Let's move on. And that takes us to team of the week. How have we only got to this stage and we've been talking for this long? Josh Jacobs, straight in at running back. Cameron, you're about to edit out half an hour. Right. Josh Jacobs at running back. Who's our quarterback this week? Trevor Lawrence. He wasn't He wasn't perfect. He had like his fumbles in the game. That game-winning drive actually doesn't happen. Um if the Ravens get a little luckier with the fumble recovery, but he made some big throws. 29 for 37, 321 yards, three touchdowns, four sacks, one fumble, rating off 129.8. Not Mike White. That's no. against the Bears context, I, right? I, yeah. I, I honestly think that might need to be a thing going forward that you cannot be quarterback of the week if you're playing against the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> Does Mac Jones get any kind of credit? Played pretty well against the Vikings. Yep, he did. A little bit. Jalen Hurts would be the other reasonable option, but because of what the numbers he put up, but you've got to, if, if you want to look at it from an excitement point of view, there is nothing better. It doesn't matter the team you're playing against. For that drive, that drive took guts to come and do what he did. Um, and it could be, it could be the turning point for Trevor Lawrence. So I think he's a, he's a good shout in it. Okay, happy to go with it. There you go. Sorry, Tony. Trevor Lawrence is our quarterback of the week. Um, which offensive line is he playing behind? If, I think for the first time in this podcast, I think I'm going to have to be a home run. I think I'm I'm going to go with the Eagles' offensive line. They were dominant in their movement. They were Lane Johnson ran tackle counters three plays in a row and blasted his guys out of the way. Um, it was near a flawless from the Eagles. It was superb line performance. I, the only other contender I would have would be probably the Raiders because Josh Jacobs didn't, as much as the, the last play was the big one, he didn't get that all on his own. Um, but I thought the Eagles' offensive line was very good as well. Yes, I'm happy to stick with that. I think, yeah, notable mention to the Raiders here. Let's go with the Eagles. You happy need- with that? You happy with that, Tony? There you go. It's a that's a wee <laughs> olive branch for you. Um, who are our wide receivers this week? Obviously, top of the charts is Zay Jones with 145 yards off 11 receptions. Didn't get a touchdown. Garrett Wilson had a very good game. Didn't get the yards, but got two touchdowns. Justin Jefferson. Definitely, oh, it's the same names every week, isn't it? Because he's the best receiver in football. The other guy, I'd, I'd put, I'd put Amon Ryan there as well. But I thought he was very good this week. Uh, and uh, I like. Game. Well, Higgins had a good week. Seven yep. receptions, one hundred and fourteen yards, one touchdown. Yeah, 
I like him for that. The, the other name I would mention is C.D. Lamb, who went six for 10 for 106 yards, no touchdowns. But we all know he did score a touchdown. So. Yes, he did. He did. He got robbed. Um, Christian Watson was excellent again. He looks like he's going to be one of those players that everybody's clamouring over at the start of next season when they they start doing their fantasy drafts. And then he does absolutely nothing. Yep. (laughs) Next next year's Alan Lazard. There for you. I thought that's where Ian was going with that. And then he was kind of like, no, no, just just (laughs) like him. He's good. Listen, I, I'm I'm not messing with Charles, and I know what his latest uh, industry is. He he knows some serious players, so I'm not getting <laughs> on the wrong side of him. So, are we saying Justin Jefferson, Amon Ra, and Zay Jones? I I would go T Higgins, but if you want to go Zay Jones, I don't care. I feel like for the performance of the player, <clears throat> the context of what the player normally performs at. I think Amon Ra gets in there because of he's come back from injury, and actually that was a really big game against a very good defense. I think that Justin Jefferson, again, very good defense. He was instrumental in that win. But I think Zay Jones has to get in there because when has Zay Jones ever had 145 yards in a game and against a good Baltimore team? I think that I think that's that's it's just good context to know that there is a boost if Cameron actually thinks you're shite and you play well. <laughs> I think we've. this has been what we've done. And I mean, it's not a boost because he's played well. He's had more yards than anybody else. He Fair played, enough. he just played well. Ram decided, Zay Jones, right, fine. Tight end. Is it anyone other not, than... Not Travis Kelsey this week. No, it's not even close. Uh, Jelani Woods? Yeah, it has to be Jelani Woods, right? Absolutely, a mountain of a man. The only yeah. person taller than Ian Stephen. The oh, only person. I wish I'd be an absolute <laughs> legend in the NBA if that was true. Um, notable mention for Josh Oliver. Had a very good game. Also dropped the touchdown. Did, but still. He was, um, he was good. good. He's actually come into his own quite well. But no, it's 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 Jelani Woods. And I think that's our team, right? How many play, wide receivers? Play, play the jingle because it's Jelani Woods. Ah. Uh... Fuck, fuck you, Jelani. Right, there's your team of the week. Trevor Lawrence is our quarterback, playing behind the Eagles' offensive line. We've got Zay Jones, Justin Jefferson, Amon Ra, St. Brown. Josh Jacobs is the running back, and Mr. Jay Woods is the tight end. Jabroni Woods, right. Um, that's your team of the week. Okay, it's on to week 13, but before we share our thoughts, we turn our attention once again to the Western Isles as the lads up at the WinFL show are back with another upset of the week. Welcome to the Outer Hebrides. I'm Ian McKinnon. It's the WinFL show and I'm here with Dave Somerville. How are you, Dave? Oh, yeah, good to be back on the Stramash podcast. But yeah, we will uh, have a big prediction for you coming up. We certainly will. Now, last week, Dave, we picked the Cleveland Browns over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And wouldn't you know, got it right. The streak is back. We're back to a, a one-win game streak, or one-game win streak, I should say. One, one but uh, we, we, yeah, we weren't far <laughs> off with the score either. I mean, I mean, we, we said it was going to be a low-scoring game with a kind of really tight ending. We didn't quite predict overtime, but, you know, 
We, we we predicted it. We did, and it came true. So now, unfortunately, Dave, um, we, we still can't find Callum anywhere. I have no idea where our man in the field, Callum Blaine, has disappeared to. He's somewhere there out in the ether. But, oh, oh hang, hang on a second. Hang on, Dave. I, I've got some I've got some uh, messages coming through here in the, the old Morse code. Uh, let's see if I can just decipher this quickly. Here we go. It's uh, that's, uh, that's an, that's an I N. Uh, T H E G H E T T O. Uh, it's from Elvis. It's coming through from Elvis, and uh, we've got a uh, okay. And there's that. And then G H A N K. And that's how was that? Y Y O Y O U. And then V E R Y M U. C-H, well, Dave, <laughs> unbelievable, um, it's the Jets, the New York Jets over the Minnesota Vikings, I, I can't believe this one, I'm not sure where that message has come from, as I say, it's come through from Morse code somewhere, from Elvis, and he's picking the Jets over the Vikings, tell me Dave, how did the Jets win this one? Not sure where that message came through either, but we could definitely have a look at the Jets-Vikings game, um, you know, Jets coming off the back of a big winner against the Bears. He, I know they had a few injury issues with Justin Fields not starting. It was Trevor Simeon. But, um, yeah, the Jets and their brand new starting quarterback, Mike White, who we love on our show. Mike White! And we, yeah, exactly. And we don't really <laughs> like uh, Zach Wilson anywhere near as much as Mike White. But, um, yeah, he, I, I think the Jets can do this. I, I, I think so. They've got the defense that can definitely put up a massive fight against Kirk and get to Kirk Cousins. Um, I, I think Justin Jefferson and Sauce Gardner is going to want to be it's going to be one of the matchups of the year, I think, uh, just mm-hmm. looking at both, both how they both played. Um, but I think the Jets need to be in the run game. They need they need to really pound that ball. Um, they did decent against the bears uh, particularly in the run game um they you know they were they racked up about 150 yards uh, in the run game uh i think they had um zonovan knight in uh at running back obviously with uh Brees hall being injured but mike white came in 22 of 28 for 315 yards and three tds incredible first game back for mike white and of course there was also the interception uh, in the game for CJ Mosley. So these are big players that will, uh, I think they will step up for the Jets. So I, I'm picking them over the Vikings. And yeah, I, I'm picking the Jets to go eight and four uh, this week. So big up the Jets. Wow. And I believe Mike White was the first Jets quarterback to have uh, over 300 yards and three touchdowns in a game since uh, Mike White. Believe it or not, the last time. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I believe it oh. was. So, yes, the Jets over the Vikings. That's our prediction. And uh, it looks like they might be able to do it. And we'll have to wait and see what the Vikings can cook up with uh, Kirk Cousins and uh, you know, Dalvin Cook and, of course, Justin Jefferson against Oscar. Now, you called that's going to be a huge matchup. We'll keep an eye on that. But in the meantime, we're going to hand you back to the guys at the Stramash podcast. Okay, guys, over to you. Week 13, what are the headlines? Paul, you've already kind of alluded to one at the top. There's been some movement. There's been some flexing. 
Yeah, I, I quite like this. So there's been a couple of games. Won't, won't affect this coming week, but the NFL have announced that they'll take the Week 14 game, Miami Dolphins, at the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, yeah. Uh, that will now week. go to Sunday. That's fine. It's, it's It was a nice segue. That will go to Sunday Night Football. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs and Denver Broncos, originally scheduled for Sunday night, will be moved. The other one that, that's coming up is... There uh, hang, is... hang on, hang on. Just on that, can we acknowledge, and Cameron, I'm even going to give you a free pass on Russell Wilson here, the Broncos and Russell Wilson are so dire to watch that the NFL is flexing out Patrick Mahomes. The other, the other game, don't get me wrong, I think it's a better game, so that's that's fine. But flexing Patrick Mahomes out of prime time is a choice, and it's because of how awful the Broncos have been to watch. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed every moment, every word that came out your mouth. It's magnificent. I think one of the I think one of the biggest downsides of the NFL is the fact you've got East Coast and West Coast teams, so you've got East Coast and West Coast time slots, and I think that this year the West Coast time slots have been absolutely atrocious. As soon as it hits like nine o'clock in red zone, you're just like, oh god. I mean, this week there's actually a couple of good, good games: Miami, San Francisco, Kansas City, Cincinnati. Fair enough. Some of the arcade, especially when you've got the you've got four teams in a bye, and it just reduces it down you, know, uh, you wish that you could actually just flex some of the West Coast teams into the East Coast schedule just to try and hide them somewhere Yeah it's not pretty the other game that will probably be flexed out you're looking at the Patriots Raiders now unless we get the immaculate conception that uh, Gordon suggested although the Raiders next four Chargers, Rams, Pats, Steelers uh, that looks like NBC are going to want that out. Now, there's a, a Saturday game that was due on NFL Network, which is Miami against Buffalo, which sources were saying that they, the league were very keen to maintain purely on the NFL Network. It would be in the two local markets, but across the country only in that. So w- what's being mooted at the moment is does the, do they pay enough money to pick out a game that should be slated for the NFL Network? that I think the NFL were hoping to, you know, to drive subscriptions with. Uh, but that game certainly, I think, will will move to Sunday night football as well. That, like, the concept of that discussion seems quite strange. Like, going and telling the NFL that we actually want you, because it's the NFL that kind of chooses to flex when people request it and stuff like that. It feels quite interesting yep. that they're going to be like, no, we're gonna. It is that not because it's a Saturday night. Is that not going to be like just a Saturday? Is that not the only game on at that time? No, they, they they've got five games that are slated to potentially go on that Saturday. Oh, that's right. This is the weird thing they've done. Okay, yeah. I just I so, just love the love the concept of them just being like, no, you can't have this on your own network. We're taking it. But but that that's what does come down to. So it's going to be a very interesting mix and match. That the, there's a, a slight issue with um, stadiums in use. So I think the the Patriots couldn't necessarily play on the Saturday because uh, the Raiders stadiums in use on the Saturday. So there's all all of that alongside it. But um, there is no doubt that if you're NBC, you want Dolphins Bills. You you are going to take out Raiders Patriots at this stage. So back to week 13, though, because we've somewhat jumped ahead of ourselves here. Um, We start off with Patriots, Bills and Thursday Night Football. We've got Bears, Packers, which is just uh, an also ran now. Um, Falcons, Steelers, also a bit also ran. Vikings, Jets, two winning teams. Interesting game. Lions, Jags, Eagles, Titans, Texans, Browns, 
Giants, Commanders, Ravens, Broncos. That's your six o'clock kickoffs here in the UK. <clears throat> I, I think the you're looking at the Jets, aren't you? As, be, as being the interesting game. Vikings, Vikings, Jets, and <clears throat> Eagles, Titans. I guess is interesting. Giants, yeah. Commanders. Actually, what am I saying? Giants, Commanders is interesting because of the relevance. Apparently, that's got something like a a forty percent uh, like playoff probability impact for each team. Wow. Losing that game. Yep. Uh, they play each other as well. Do they not play each other? Like, it works two, out twice, twice in, in the row? next three weeks. They, yeah. They do, yeah. They do play twice every season, being in the same division. Yeah. But they, they play each other, like, for the the case of the Commanders, it's they play the Giants two games in a row because they're on a bye in week 14. So they play the Giants, have a bye, and then they play the Giants again. The Giants, for their award, get the Eagles in between the two commanders. And then they get the Eagles again. So they're not really spaced out. The no, they games. aren't. They aren't, are they? Um, but all they're the interesting ones. Uh, later games, obviously, the 49ers, Dolphins. 49ers due to be haunted by 49ers of yesteryear. Ram Seahawks would have once been relevant. The, the Seahawks will just walk all over them, to be perfectly honest. Uh, Raiders Chargers is interesting possibly the Bengals Chiefs clearly the plum tie surprised that Cowboys Colts hasn't been flexed out but then you don't flex the Cowboys out no. of that do you you do not especially they're they're good this year as well so there's no there's no yeah. way that, like every year you see the highest viewed games in America and the Cowboys games are always near the top Charles yeah. was crowing about how it's the Packers next and stuff like that so makes sense I, Bengals Chiefs is fascinating because the Bengals look really good. Um, Joe Burrow in particular looks really good. But their fan base have flapped their gums a lot all off-season at the Chiefs because they beat them in the AFC Championship game last year. They're playing at home, so I think there's a, a, a good chance that the Bengals could win this game. But I don't think I would try and piss off Patrick Mahomes if I was them. Feels like a mistake. Does feel like a mistake. Definitely. Um, no, there's some interesting ties, right? There's definitely some interesting games. Uh, plenty to keep yourself going over the weekend. We'll be looking forward and looking back next week. Um, some of you will be looking around in a circle. Some of us will be looking around in a circle. Um, I need to give updates, but before we do that, let's pick a winner for our bottle of whiskey. So... Ian, I'm going to give you the duty this week. It's a number between 1 and 42. Can we have number 37, please? You can have number 37. Congratulations to Johnny Bailey. Johnny Bailey. Gordon's face there said... (laughs) Johnny Bailey wins the bottle of Stramash, Loch Lomond whiskey, and two tumblers. Okay. Good. The good news is, as a Steelers fan, it's one of the few things he's actually going to get to enjoy winning this season. So, <laughs> I, I too... you, say, you say that, Gordon, he's won it, but it probably won't be delivered for another year or two. Just exactly. To, just to keep it, you know, keep it, it real. Yeah, and we'll make sure that the delivery driver doesn't have hands the same size as Kenny Pickett, so it doesn't drop. <laughs> <laughs> right. We've not given an update on the Bonnie Sauce Company Strabash pick king or queen of 2022 um so time to do that there is somebody who is way out in front at the moment by three picks and that is burn it all 
So seven, 117 correct picks. We've then got Hamsterntor. I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly. Just jingle it. Just jingle it. And Jake Funk Soul Brother with 114. Who's Milk has 113. Then we've got Giants Monkey Picks and Paul Marnie with 112. We've got Ryan Peoples, Herb Your Enthusiasm, The Waves of Chaos, The Waves of Chaos even, and the Invernesses all with 111. Uh, and I have a bunch of people after that. Paul is currently, I believe, top of the podcast team with 109, which is ironic because he's pretty much equal bottom of the pick six. So he's getting the easy ones right, is what that basically says there. But continue to continue. Hey, hey, hang on. If I'm getting the easy ones right, what are you, Bob Bags, doing? Well, mine's is broken, so I'm not, I'm not uh, even yeah, playing or, anymore. Or right. my entry's broken. It doesn't work well, anymore. <laughs> bad, bad, bad. Don't, you, don't, you, don't you discuss how broken my entry is on this podcast. Thank you very much. That's between me and my doctor, and I'll have it no other way. Um, the... Yes. That put, that put you off, doesn't it? Yeah, it did. You if you see Bonnie Sauce in your local supermarket, what, buy a what, bottle or Bonnie four. Sauce are enticing us, Cameron. They're titillating us. They're tweaking us gently in the nose and tickling us in the chin with their delights. They, they have. There's rumours. There's rumours that something's going to be special happening with Bonnie Sauce. There is we something. Can't say, we can't say too much about it yet. No. It's very exciting, especially for me. It is very exciting. Very exciting indeed. Um, so, yes, more on that to come. Also, make sure that you pencil Sunday, January 29th, if you're in Edinburgh, and possibly a couple of days before that, if you're in Glasgow. I think, is it the Friday the 27th we want people to pencil out? Yes. Friday the yes. 27th of January. If you're in Glasgow, mark it in your calendar. TBC, if you're in Edinburgh, 29th of January. Mark it in your calendar, TBC. More on that when we can. Or if you're a Buccaneers fan, you can mark it TB12. If you really want, yeah. So so can I ask, are we inviting Tom Brady over? Because is, Or is he actually going to make the playoffs? Is that going to be the... <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't have many family commitments now. so We can't say at the moment he definitely won't be coming over. Yeah. But, you know, um, we haven't asked. Uh Okay, any other news items that are tickling your fancy before we wrap this absolute shambles up? Okay, two questions for you, and I want yes or no's from you guys. Simple as that. Okay? So yes. Two questions. Question one, is Baker Mayfield done in Carolina? One in five, and Darnold comes back and wins. Yes or no, is he done? Ian? Yes. Cameron? Yes. Gordon? Yes. He was done 10 weeks ago in Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, just double checking. Uh, Houston, I don't know about you guys, but I thought the I know they're not a great team, but I thought they looked bad as well. Lovey Smith out by the end of the season, Cameron? No. Gordon? Yes. We'd said this when he got hired. And Ian? Yes, never trust a man with a beard. <laughs> <laughs> It's like working with easy talk, working with you. Phil, you. <laughs> um, I think they go with him again. I think they because it's going to be another rebuild year. 
Why put another manager in to sack him at the end of the that year again? I think there's a very good reason, and that is simply because they will have the number one and maybe the number five six pick. They're bringing in a quarterback. They will bring in a quarterback whisperer to go with their rookie blue chip quarterback, and I don't think Lovey's that guy. I think they're going to... Sean Payton's obviously the, the name that would jump out the most, maybe, but they're definitely bringing in somebody offensive-focused. It's a hiding to nothing. A hiding to nothing. Right, okay, well, listen, that's it for episode 212 of the Stramash podcast. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Share your thoughts as ever on social media. Go onto iTunes and Spotify and give us a five-star rating. In fact, we'll not press that on you. Just give us a rating. Give us what you think we deserve. Download this one as much as you can because we're going to stick it down Patterson's throat because he thinks he's the main draw. So get downloading this one. Say to your mates, go and just download this one, right? Just listen to it, whatever. Just download it. Let's get the numbers up. But thank you for taking the time to listen nonetheless. Remember, check out all our social media angles as well. We'll be back next week. But for Cameron Hobbs, for Ian Stephen, for Gordon McGuinness, and myself, Paul Mitchell, thanks for listening to Stramash. Bye for now.